Uh, welcome back. You're listening to 102.9 FM, WLAS LP Noon. I'm your host, Mike, from the Mic Drop. Uh, welcome back. I'm here with Adam from Product of Eight. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing great. Awesome. Um, so how did you guys decide on the name for the band Product of Hate? Well, we used to be called Eye for an Eye um, for a while, and we were about to release our six song EP. And right when we were about to press this, the album, um, there was a band from Canada that hit us up and was like, you guys can't use your name. We our name's I for an I, spelt the same way, the letter I for and the letter I. Oh, wow. And we were like, oh, crap. All right. Well, we researched them, of course, right away. And they, I want to say they, they didn't like establish their name very much, but they already sold, I guess, products under themselves. So at that point, it was like, all right, let's just go with a different name. We don't want the confusion and all that crap anyways. So we just sat in my basement and just threw around song names and just ideas. It was a pain in the butt. And one of our songs is called Product of Hate. And I don't know, I think it was me that might have mentioned it or somebody else. I don't know. But threw the name out there. And to be honest, it sounds stupid. Who's close to Product of Hate? I'm like, yeah, it sounds kind of lame, but okay. We have nothing else better. Okay, so... Yeah, we just ended up sticking with that. We're like, well, we got to put this album out. We're not going to sit here and wait like months till we figure out a good name to name ourselves. So we decided to go with that, I guess. And we scrapped the song completely. We felt it wasn't good enough. If our name is going to be Product of Hate, we better put out a song that's going to be really good if we're naming ourselves after that. So That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen uh, The Dirt? It's about Motley Crue. Yes, that is. I watched that a few times. I thought it was pretty good. It's a great movie. I was gonna say because they in the beginning of the movie they they throw around a bunch of names, and when you were saying that, it reminded me of that scene. Um, it's kind of like when they were deciding like what's not lame or what's cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, kind of the same situation. But um, that's neat. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Um. So I guess for you specifically, since none of the other band members are here, but um, when listening to music, do you prefer like bangers or do you prefer jams? Oh, well, what are considered bangers and jams? Okay. Like I see, I, I would almost feel like those go hand in hand, but I guess they don't. Fair enough. Um, okay. So I typically no. ask the question, like, do you prefer bangers or bops? But I figured. What you- is your banger? What is your jam? Okay, so typically, I guess a banger would be, uh, what's it called? The Queen song, Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it would be a banger because, you know, you bang your head to it. And a bop would kind of just be like something you just kind of like bob your head to. And a jam, jam. and I think, yeah, a bop is kind of like a jam. Um, Jam could also just be like something that you vibe with, I think. Yeah. All right, so ask me that question again one more time. Okay. When listening to music, do you prefer a banger or like? Oh, a- okay. Yeah. What? What do I see? That's a tough one. Um, I want to say my dogs are annoying the hell out of me, so I'm trying to get away from them. Um, 
banger in a jam. I guess I kind of, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I just want to listen to some freaking bangers. Yeah. Like just jam the hell out, like loud, angry, like balls to the wall music. I would consider that a banger. Um, and late at night when I'm driving home from work, I'm, I'm all about the jams. I like to keep it subtle after I'm just like, man, I'm relaxed. I want to listen to something just far out. <laughs> you know, oh, that's good. I'm a big uh, bangers guy myself as well. But I agree. You know, when you're coming home from a long day of work, definitely a jam to soothe yourself. Yeah. See now, if if I'm coming home at like four in the afternoon, it would still be a banger. Mm-hmm. I think because it's still earlier in the day, you're hyped, you're getting the hell out of there. But me, all right. So I'm a tattoo artist, and sometimes like I have to start at six o'clock. And if I'm doing like a six or seven hour tattoo, I'm not kidding out till midnight or one in the morning. Those that's like, yeah, I'm ready for bed. I need some to just calm down, I guess, like just which is where you think, well, isn't it going to make you fall asleep at the wheel? But it doesn't. It just puts me in such a chill mood the whole way home. And to be honest, I'll find myself sitting in my car like, nope, I'm not getting out until this song is done. And sometimes I'll even start it over like, nope, listening to it again. (laughs) i've been there i've been there i've driven around the whole block before just trying to finish a song yes i've done that i've done that so you said you're are you a tattoo artist then you you said you work at a tattoo parlor yes i do i draw on people awesome is there any uh pieces that you've done that you think are like complicated then a lot of pieces that i do are complicated i don't do anything that's not complicated um it's I do a lot like realism. So black and gray realism. I'll also do dark art, like just some creepy off the wall stuff. Um, and it all takes so much time because I'm all about the detail mm. and textures. So I'll get in there and I could spend like two hours just doing this motion a million times to get these textures to look the way I, I want it to which half the time I'm like, that's not what I was trying to create, but whatever it still, I guess, looks good. <laughs> so it works. It's, it's learning, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning, excelling, I guess. That's the way it should be. So right. how long have you been in the uh, tattoo business, Adam? Uh, 16 years. I did it. I'm self-taught. So I did it at home for nine years. I had a lot of friends who were like, practice on me. And I'm like, you're an idiot, but okay. <laughs> I can't thank them enough, though, for letting me to, you know, just totally botch their skin with horrible tattoos to get me where I am today. Because without them, I wouldn't be here. I'm happy to cover their tattoos, which, by, by the way, they don't want to cover them up. They're like, no, man, this is like back when you first started. I'm like, that is such dog crap of tattoo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think there's a nostalgic aspect to it, I think, that they get from yeah. it. And that's like, what they tell me they're like dude it has a history i'm like i get it i get it and if they're happy with it still to this day then that's awesome and i think they're more happy with it being garbage because they could show people like this is what he does this was his first tattoo and they'll be like oh sh-, <laughs> you know that's, awesome. that's kind of cool no yeah i think i think tattoos are cool too i have yet to get one but um just now if you get one like they say you're going to be addicted there's mm-hmm. no one and done there's never one and done mm-hmm. so keep I, that in mind and they're I, expensive yes <laughs> so 
<laughs> well, good ones are cheap ones. Sure. If, if somebody's like, Hey, I'll tattoo you for free. Stay away. Mm. Okay. Unless you want to use it to practice, you don't let them practice on you. Then by all means, then go for it. But I've seen artists just completely give away their work and people are like, check out my free tattoo. And I'm like, and that's why it was free. Mm-hmm. You know, me, I'll spend like three grand in a two session piece tattoo, <laughs> you know, and they're like, wait, I can't, be, can't believe you paid for that. But it looks amazing. Of course I paid for amazing. I didn't pay for shit. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah. What's the most expensive tattoo you've done then? my chest definitely it's uh the guy who did it was jose perez jr and he lives two hours away from me all right and he charges roughly at the at the time that i was tattooed i know like rates go up the busier and better you get but at the time he was charging 250 an hour um so and a minimum of like five six hour sessions that's a good chunk of money for one session you know yeah um and I'm all about paying what I need to. I will spend, if the artist is like 500 an hour, if I like that artist that much, I will definitely pay 500 an hour to have artwork on me from them. Um, so yeah, definitely my chest is my most expensive. I could buy a used car with just one side of my chest <laughs> with that money. That's wild. Yeah. I imagine. But that's pretty neat though. What'd you get on yeah. your chest? What's that? It's on your chest. It's Medusa. Ooh, okay. I'm guessing you're going to be like, hey, man, can I see it? You want me to bust it out? That's okay. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, you just go on my Instagram. It's on there, too. All right. I'll check it out then. Hell uh, yeah. All right. Getting back to uh, the music then, I suppose. What drew you and the rest of your band into the music industry? What is my band and what? So what drew you and the rest of your band into the music industry? Probably. Um, well, I think it was just growing up around music, you know, and we all had, you know, that we always were fascinated with, with music. And I mean, I think I speak for everybody, but when I was a kid, I always thought the drums were fascinating. I always wanted to be a drummer for a hot second when I was a child. I always wanted, I saw a buddy of mine had a guitar. I was like, oh my God, I want to, I want a guitar so bad. that look, That's awesome. Always wanted to play. Um, so it feels kind of the same with everybody else. It's just, we were fascinated with music. And when you're really into music, you're going to want to play the music and be a part of it. I think there's like that line where you're like enough of listening. I want to do that, you know? And I think that's pretty much how we all ended up. I know Gene, he's like, I don't know one song he does not know, you know, unless it's like maybe some indie rock. I don't really expect him to know much of that. But if you go into rock and roll, Southern rock, classic rock, uh, hard rock, you know, he will nail it all day with bands. I don't know one band who does not know how to play on guitar pretty much. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, we all just got drawn to music. Nice. We have those influences. It's funny is because our drummer, when I first started the band, he was a rhythm guitar player. Cody was the lead guitarist. And our other friends, Kendon and Keenan, which are cousins, 
Kenan played drums, Keenan played bass guitar. So it was kind of weird when I first joined the band, like Mark wasn't in the band, Gene wasn't even a thought at the time. Um, and it didn't work out with Kenan and Keenan. And Mike was just way too good on the drums. And we're like, why aren't you playing drums? Why are you playing guitar? Cody's not that great of a lead guitar player, which he has definitely gotten a hell of a lot better since then. Like, I feel he can be a lead guitar player if he really wanted to. But yeah, he's definitely us. He definitely is a good rhythm player. Um, yeah, I just I like the way that kid plays. I like the way he moves around stage. Like he's got it down. Mike, he has some good parts on guitars. He's written some good parts, but he kills it on the drums. It's like, dude, you this is where you should have been. He's all over the map. He used to sing in a band, and then he was a guitar player. Now he's a drummer. So Mike's little one-man band. Um, but me, I play guitar on my off time, but that's about it. Yeah, I was going to say you were the vocalist. Was, yeah. Didn't know if you played any other instruments. I did. I've never played any instruments in any other bands. I've always sang. Um, I did play guitar for a song. Um, do you know who, uh, Lazarus AD is? I think so. That's Bowie, right? What's up? That's that's David Bowie, right? Lazarus. No, 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 no. The band Lazarus oh. AD. They're they're a thrash metal band. Oh. Um, but that guy, the bass player from that band, um. Oh, I forgot where I was going with this now. Son of a. <sighs> Anyways. Okay. <laughs> I've been on like call after call. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm starting to get the swing of it, I feel. Um, but yeah, go on. Okay. Um, and so what's your favorite part of the industry then, Adam? Uh, just playing, playing the music. That's the best. Uh, playing in different cities, uh, playing with bands that i look up to that is the dream to me no fast cars big houses like great yeah i would love to have music pay my bills but it's not but that's fine i guess the only thing that i've ever wanted is to play in front of a million people and not only that but to play with the bands that i look up to you know and that i grew up like listening to and idolizing which sometimes people are like that could be a horrible thing because that person could be something and i'm like yeah but i guess you don't know until you meet them but it'd still be awesome to play with these bands that i've looked up to you know yeah no i agree have you done any uh collaborations with anybody i have not and i've i'm always down to uh collaborate and be on somebody's album or vice versa have a singer come and play on our album like i'm all about that stuff i'm always throwing it out there too um i told steve from skin lab he was in the middle of writing their newest record and i was like dude i'll totally guest spot you know i don't even care i just want to be a i just want to be in it you know i even told my buddy sean when he started his repentance band i was like you know i'll guest spot just saying i'm always down <laughs> so yeah i'm always down to mess around and record music it's fun oh yeah for sure i i think definitely collaborations can be a fun time like when you produce stuff together yeah definitely um so how would you describe your creative process when coming up with the song or even writing um it's it all depends on my mood like what i'm feeling you know in that time um 
I know when the guys write, if I'm there at practice and, you know, they're showing us this new song, I can get into it in whatever style that song is or whatever, just that way that it comes off to me. I'll write something with the feel, like the way I feel with that song. Like this needs to be the emotion that I want is going to, it's hard to explain. Like the music part will bring out the emotion for what I want to write for that song specifically. Um, again, it's all about that point in time. Like just what I'm feeling at the moment. I don't really do anything to get myself in the mood you know, maybe take a bunch of mushrooms and just sit in a closet and put on, you know, light a candle and just think about lyrics, which is, yeah, which that I would only wonder what would come out of that if that happened. Fair enough. So, yeah, nothing spectacular. I just write what I feel. Nice. No, that's that's reasonable. Uh, I, I can't argue that for sure. And uh, you released the album You Brought This War last month in February, actually. How was uh, working on that? Working on getting it out or just working on the album, like the recording? Um, both. Why not? Yeah. All right. Um, the recording process, always a blast and also kind of nerve wracking in a sense. I always have so many ideas that I just want to... It's weird because everybody in the band i kid you not every time before we go in the studio they're changing something up with the song you're like this is better like we're not going to record it this way like oh you're changing the song we've been playing it for two years like this and now we're getting ready to record it and you're going to change this part up um which you know if it sounds good then yeah i'm all for it i don't care uh but the recording process is always fun i always get amped to do it i'm like when is it my turn oh yeah i'm the last guy to get in there and record so i have to hear the drums and then from the drums goes the bass guitar or the guitar i should say and then the guitars comes the bass so i start hearing all the music come together very slowly and then finally i get to hear everything done you know recorded and the only thing missing is my vocals and I'm like, finally, let me in there. I'm like a caged animal. Like I had to listen to this song without vocals and just hearing like this song's so badass. And I couldn't, I have to wait to record it. So that's always kind of like that. That's fun. Um, getting it out there, like released was definitely one of those moments. Um, like finally it's out there. Because for the last two years, we've been putting out singles or cover songs. Keep the people on the line, you know, before we reeling them in. And uh, we didn't want anybody to lose interest because we had a pain in time getting the second album out. Um, it was just not working out in our favor for the longest time. It's going to be out in 2018 summer. Yeah, it never happened. It's going to be out in 2019. Never happened. It's going to be out in 2020 in May. That's when we were thinking not gonna happen <laughs> it was like all right guys i'm seriously gonna lose my now for real sorry but anyways yeah it was just a pain in the butt i told the guys gotta get this out at this point i don't even care just release it mm -hmm. um but you know we started working with munzee he's a a marketer and all that he helps with all that stuff and it was good to wait it was best bet was to wait and it ended up working out pretty good. I think this song definitely speaks volumes with what, what the last year and going into some of this year has been.
which is weird. I've, I've had some people comment on our music video like, oh, are you guys trying to write about the Black Lives Matter riots and all that stuff with this song? No, you idiot, because that was two years before this happened. And that song has nothing to do with that whatsoever, <laughs> you know? So it's just kind of funny. Or the Cult of Personality song. We recorded that two years ago. And we've decided to release it uh, this past November because of everything going on. Like, that's a very political song. So what's not a better way to let this song go to the public than to do it now? Like, why wait, you know? Yeah. definitely it definitely hit like um jose on liquid metal was playing it all the time spinning it on sirius xm all the other guys that you know all the other djs and stuff on there were spinning it and they're like oh this band product of hate did this awesome cover which i personally did not have fun doing that song in the studio not my favorite cover song but i'm glad everybody else likes it the band loves it so we play it but yeah, I mean, it was just a, it worked out for the times. We weren't trying to capitalize on any situation because it's a cover song and we're not making money. We're giving it away. So I guess trying to get fans and get that song out there. Yeah, we were trying to capitalize on getting heard, <laughs> you know, yeah. can't blame anybody for that. For so. sure. No, I mean, I think that's a very good idea too. You know, you get your name out there as well as, you're able to uh, either gain some followers or keep the ones you already have. And plus you're yeah. still doing you know, content, even if it's just re-recordings and all that, but good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so are you, is the band planning on going at, on any tours like soon or after the pandemic's over? Is there any plans for that? In the um, we always plan to tour. That's always in the, you know, but it doesn't always work out. Uh, we don't have anything set in stone, nothing in the works. Um, right now we're just focusing on just writing the music since we can't do anything at the moment. Um, of course, we're always keeping our eyes open and, you know, ears to the floor to if anything pops up or any opportunities present itself. I mean, if a band hits us up and they're like, Hey, we want to go on a tour in September or October. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to consider that. You know what I mean? We just haven't had any like offers or anything like that yet. Um, we would like to do a CD release show. Obviously, it'd probably be hometown um, in the summer. That's we're trying to we're hoping for that. We're hoping that this country kind of opens up to having live music to do that. So, yeah. Nice. Other than that. Where are you guys based again? Like, where do you get, like, where's the hometown for? Uh... Um, well, it is Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's like our hometown, I guess. But now that three of the members live in, in Illinois, I guess you could say, one's in West Chicago and the other one's, I can't even, like Streamwood or something. Um, I don't remember where Cody's out of, but uh they all live like within a half hour of each other. Me and Mark live two minutes from each other, but we have to drive an hour and a half to Mike's house for practice. Um, so we still consider it Wisconsin to be like our hometown. So I guess you'd say that. Solid. 
Screw it. I'm going to say Milwaukee, between Milwaukee and Chicago, those are our hometowns. <laughs> We're going to say both of those. All lumped into one. It's not a bad area to be, though, honestly. No, it's like this is a great hot spot for live music. Bands are always playing at either Chicago or Milwaukee, Illinois or Wisconsin. There's always a band coming through. So that's nice. Yeah, you're right near Chicago and all that. Where was your... Yeah. Favorite place you think you've ever put on a show? Oh, there's been a lot of really good places we've played. Um, I want to say Machine Shop in Flint, Michigan. I think that was just nostalgic for us to play there. Like so many great bands have played the Machine Shop. It was, it's like a thing, you know? Um, but the crowd was awesome in that show. So that was really good um opening for Hatebreed at the rave here in milwaukee that was a really killer show that was probably one of my favorites um what else what else what else man there's been a lot there's been a lot of them uh canada shit canada <laughs> treats you good yes. they are all about the metal up there when we played with a legion these bands or these people didn't even know who the hell we were uh, we didn't have music out, you know, it was our first tour. No one's ever heard of us. But as soon as we started playing, did that place erupt? Every place we played, like Montreal, Ottawa, and um, I can't think of the last city we played at the moment, but they were all really good responses. So I was like, man, I can't wait to get back to Canada. <laughs> like those guys go regardless. <laughs> it was weird. So we play, we come out of Canada playing a great show. We get down to Cincinnati, Ohio, I think. Yeah. Or we played the Algora or Algora. I can't even freaking say it right. Anyways, that stage was awesome. Great stage set up. The people in the room, it was a little packed. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, still a decent crowd. Nobody moved for us. Wow. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like, Canada is kicking your ass right now. <laughs> like, come on. I was like, there's so many. There's like that one guy headbanging in the front row. Everybody else just stood there. And I'm like, here I am losing my on stage, jumping around, headbanging, windmills, like crazy. Everybody's like, even though nobody's getting into it, or if there's one person, because we definitely were on a tour where uh, one person showed up to the show. And that was in Cincinnati. I'm like, Cincinnati really doesn't like us <laughs> or something. But we still we still play like it's our last show, regardless of who we play in front of. It just definitely sucks when nobody's getting into it and you're the only ones. <laughs> you feel like an ass up there. Oh yeah. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna ask next actually, like, have you ever dealt with anxiety on stage? Because I know you said earlier you always get hyped to go out, but I could imagine in a situation like that you'd be nervous or like a little worried. Um, the only time that I will ever get anxiety is if I think I'm going to mess up my lyrics mm. or forget, forget to say, or say the wrong line or totally miss my cue to come in for a certain part of the song. Um, that is definitely like, that could be, yeah, my anxiety can go with that. So if I'm like, getting ready to play this song and i knew i had problems with it i'm like man the last couple times we practiced i forgot to come in at this part 
Why? I don't freaking get it. But I had no problems doing it for however long. But for some reason, now I keep messing it up. So then we go to play live. I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, don't go, don't go. God, please let me have a great show. Please don't let me. <laughs> and then I'll go out there and do it. But you want to know what I learned helps with the anxiety? Give me two shots. Mm. Let me get a buzz. If I can get a little buzz going, then I'm loose. And I'm like, all about the good time. Like, yeah, let's get up there and play. And I don't even think about it because that's what it is. If I think about it too much, I'm going to mess up. That's just how it is. If I just go up on stage and just go with it, it just comes naturally. You know, have you ever driven a car? This yeah. is going to sound crazy. Yeah. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But if you ever driven a car and you're going from like, let's say it's a half hour drive, you get home and you go, oh my God, I don't remember any of driving that I just did. Like the last 15 minutes is completely blank. Did I just black out while driving? Yeah. Like, or was I just like, it's just so natural that you don't even think about it. You just do it. Cause it's what you're used to, you know, it's every day, same, you see the same thing every day. Um, so I feel like that's almost with the music is I could listen to a band that I would sing the songs to 15 years ago, haven't heard the song since then. And it would come on and I would freaking sing all the lyrics. Like, how the hell do I remember this? I can't even remember my own song. This isn't, this isn't right. <laughs> so yeah, the only anxiety is just freaking out, thinking I'm going to mess up on stage. If I can get that under control, then I'm all good. good. Oh yeah. I was going to say like, yeah you just like when you mentioned the metaphor of driving on the road i was like thinking of i'm looking out the window i might not be paying attention to the road but i'm looking at out the window of the car but and all of it's like a blur but you're right so do most shows feel like that once you get out like you just like no no some shows it just depends on that like that moment like if i am messing up a song that week that's going to be on my mind before that show if i have a great week or whatever plan we practice a set list freaking i nailed it i'm gonna feel really confident and i'm gonna get up there and just throw down um otherwise i'll be like shoot mike i can't remember the freaking lyrics to this song like this this part this breakdown Frick, what the hell is it i'm trying to think of the song and as soon as the song starts playing i'm like oh yeah i just needed to hear the music and it's like there you go um as long as I can get out of that headspace, which I found it to be liquor. <laughs> so thank God I'm not an alcoholic because then I'd be screwed. I couldn't rely on that my whole life. I don't drink often. So if I do two shots, I'm a cheap date. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. <laughs> it comes easy that way. I'm glad you found a process for that. Yeah. Not too crazy. Um, how do you, uh, all right. So then for more of your fan base, how do you guys keep in contact and like respond to them mostly and like keep their attention? I know you mentioned earlier as well, like with doing the shows you've done for the past few years, it's just like keep interest, but what else do you guys do like on like social media or whatnot? Um, yeah, it's a lot of social media. It's a lot of going out to shows and trying to show the support, not only for the local bands, um, but to also, support your business your brand you know um which sucks because there's really not many shows going on <laughs> so you can't just go out to shows and hand out stickers and stuff you know um i'm always i feel like i'm always the one doing that um 
but honestly, I feel like that's kind of the best way that we do it is right now. It's just pretty much social media, um, doing videos, uploading them on our Facebook, thanking everybody or, uh, releasing a song. Um, yeah. Throwing out t-shirts, like here's a new design, get it at this web store or something. Like it's all about trying to keep people engaged. Even if it's like flashback Friday or throwback Thursday, look at this. This is from 2015, you know, of us on tour or something. Uh, so it's just a matter of just constantly throwing stuff out there for people. You got to keep them, you got to keep them like, engaged. If you're not doing anything, they're going to forget about you. Yeah. So it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> so, yeah. That's good. Um, and then do you have anything to say or any advice you would give to someone who is going to like follow in your footsteps or maybe even just wants to be a musician one day? Um, any advice? It would be practice, practice and practice. Uh, never think you're good enough. Always know you can be better. Um, make sure you're in a band with a group of people who are dedicated and want to play and that are good. Don't be afraid to be like, yeah, these guys suck. I'm going to not play with them because in all honesty, I've heard bands where the drummer is so good and the rest of the band. So bad. I'm like, dude, you need to get out of that band. You need to be somewhere else. Um, so it's just sticking with it. The commitment, how committed are you to being in a band? Don't expect to be a millionaire playing music. Don't try to get that rock star uh i guess visual like you don't don't try to be a rock star it's not about being a rock star it's about enjoying the fact that you're playing music and i feel like if you got that down then that's half the battle there stay committed always push forward i don't know that's kind of how i see it i guess <laughs> oh, that's good i like that a lot of people probably don't understand oh, Hold on. There you are. I dropped my phone. <laughs> no worries. Um, but no, I think you're right. You know, like most people just want to go for that rock star mentality. They don't really know the basics yet of yeah. the concept and like all that of a band, but good. That's good. Um, all right. But thank you, Adam, for joining me here today um, and doing this interview. This has been Product of Hate here on 102.9 FM, WLASLP Newman. I'm Mike Rook from Mic Drop, and I hope you guys enjoyed today's interview, but thank you again, Adam. You are welcome. <laughs>